good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name's Paul Webb, I'm the founder of B2B Energy, and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. Energy Speaks Back interviews energy experts from around the world. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. And welcome to episode 24 of Energy Speaks Back. Weekly, I present to you experts from around the world. And today we are buzzing in the UK and we are discussing wildlife and the importance of bees. Our purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world, which is available today for us to deliver savings that impact on our planet. My guest today is the co-founder and author at Tales from Mother Earth. She's an effective communications and marketing professional. Her creative approach provides strong drive and desire to make a difference. I've bought her books and I've shared them around the world. So without any further ado, I give you Jenny Bailey. Good afternoon, Jenny, and how are you today? I'm really well, thank you, Paul. How are you? Very good, very good. And um, obviously, it's not quite spring. We had a, a, a glimpse of spring at the weekend. Um, we're going into winter again, but I'm sure we're going to come back into spring. We did. Uh, yeah, I think it was a bit shocking for everybody. Everybody thought it was spring. They were out there. The sun was shining. We were in double figures. Um, even some of the bees were starting to buzz around, weren't they? But unfortunately, it's, uh, it does that sometimes with our weather. It gets another cold snap on the front and uh, we all have to find the jumpers again, don't we, for a bit? I did see an amazing video clip that your son did of a bee. Was that at the weekend or yeah. when was that? Yes, it was. It was amazing. We we went out for a little walk and I gave him my phone and we were watching these these amazing bumblebees jumping between crocuses. And there was one that literally it was it was drunk on pollen and nectar. It was so happy. And it literally was in one of the uh, crocuses. And there was another one really quite next to it. And it literally just kept going between the two. Um, and the clip that I've actually put on social media is is one that was actually coming out of almost like a closed crocus. So you couldn't really yeah. tell what it was and it was buzzing around inside and then it then it actually came out. And they were it was trying amazing to- the size of it, wasn't it? The amazing it the size of the bee that came out. Yeah, it, it was just beautiful, wasn't it? And it was so yeah. lovely to see. And he was just mesmerized. My son's 12 years old um, and he was mesmerized and we just, we just watched. And, and we love that. We just love taking it in and, and engaging with nature and just, just watching. There's nothing more happy in a way, watching a, a buzzy bee buzzing around doing what they love doing. And when the sun's shining and the flowers are there, it, it really did feel like spring, didn't it? It did. And Jenny, I can feel the passion already. We've just started this interview as such, and I'm melting already on the passion you've got for <laughs> wildlife and, and bees, etc. And obviously your children and the family side of this. So Jenny, before we get too deep into your passion, can you give us some background into yourself, of where you come from and how you got into this? Well, in terms of where I've come from and, and who I am, I've, and the passion that I hold for wildlife, it's always been there. Um, it's the way I was brought up, I guess, really. Um, I, we, I was brought up in the countryside, so I was very, very fortunate that I was brought up in the countryside. Um, my father was a policeman, so we lived in a police house. We had the woods behind us. We had the wreck, which is actually officially known as the playing field, but we used to call it the wreck yes, <laughs> in front of our house. Um, we had a farm literally just down the road. 
Um, and my sister and I used to uh, jump out of bed in the morning and see how many rabbits were eating my dad's uh, cabbages and lettuces in the garden. And we, we used to count them from the bedroom window. Um, so being brought up in that, in that village idyllic surroundings as, as I was, um, and I was the youngest of three siblings, um, I, I think it was a natural thing for me to always love and adore nature. Um, I think really also, Paul, the television programmes gave us that insight into nature across the world. So it, it showed us um, mm. with the likes of David Attenborough and Steve Batchel and Chris Packham and just all, all the presenters that have just been amazing, that have given us the information and the knowledge and, and the glimpses, really, of wildlife on the other side of the world and that have in, um, kept our interest. And, and I've just absorbed all of that. And I guess from their passion as well. Um, so when I later found myself being a, a parent and having the responsibility of children myself, it was a natural thing to me to encourage them to respect and love nature. And, and we really do share those moments where we see amazing things like, for instance, the bee hopping around on a, on a, a you know, the happy bee hopping around on a, on a crocus um, flower. It was it was really special just to stand and, and watch it and, and take it in the fact that that's a life form. It has a purpose. It has to collect a certain amount of um, pollen and nectar every day. And usually for bees, it's around 2000 flowers they need to visit, something like that. Yeah. And so to kind of comprehend that and understand that that bee's got a mission, it's got something that it needs to do. And it's it's um, navigated by the sun and it can allow itself to. Um, go to all the flowers that it needs to get to and then come back to them again the next day it's just mind-blowing just just mind-blowing and I think for children to you know take in those concepts and understand nature around us and to have that engagement with nature I think can only be a good thing yes I totally agree with you and where so this is your growing up your childhood your what did you do did, um, the job what was your your pastime regarding your job? I've done a few things actually. Um, I've, I have done a few things. Um, started off working in pubs and, and restaurants, um, part-time job. Oh, my very first job was when I was about nine or 10 years old, I was a kennel maid. And I worked with um, with dogs in kennels and, and a cattery and with the cats and just, I just loved it. I just wanted to be with animals and working with animals and it was just lovely. Um, from there, I went to university and college and, and a whole education that went on. Um, then I started working in London in graphics and advertising. Um, then I started working for a radio station, which I loved. I loved working for a radio station. Um, and I loved the whole media element of it. And the fact right. that through, through voice, you can, you can really engage with people. Um, so I, I loved the whole medium of radio. Um, then I spent some time in New Zealand, um, working in sponsorship and promotions in radio. So really, it really came into the marketing sphere in a big way, I think, my career. Um, and then also I've spent some time working in corporate relations, um, in media again, um, in agile best practices um, for organisations. And most recently, I guess, within that position, I've been putting conferences on in London for about 350 odd people on a yearly basis for the last, what, five years before um, the redundancy situation came about. It was around that time that uh, the great Sir David Attenborough said, um, you know, the Garden of Eden was no more. And the report came out that bees were in decline. And I, it was very, it was very strange. I was, I was going to work every day doing a job, but I wasn't helping the environment in any way with my day job. Um, and it started to 
it started to make an impact on me that it, it didn't matter really because the world is in trouble, the climate's in trouble and and I'm not helping it at all. I'm not doing anything. I mean, I was, I was recycling. We were going out and we were um, putting nest boxes up in the woods. I was doing everything I could with my children in my spare time, but I needed my... I needed my job to have more of an impact on my soul, really. And this is this where Phoebe started to come about? She did. Yeah, absolutely. It was around that time, um, 2019, when um, David Attenborough said those words, the Garden of Eden was no more. Not that it was disappearing, not that it's in trouble. It, it was, he actually said, Paul, that it was no more. And mm. that really rocked me. Um, and then that report came out about the bees and all the insects being in major, major decline across the world. 97% of our meadows gone, all that kind of information came out. And I just thought, what can I do? I need to do something because I'm feeling anxious about this for our future, for my children's future. And I know myself through mindfulness and through um, all the agile workshops and everything we've been in. And, and I've sort of um, orchestrated and coached that if you actually get involved in something that's going to make you feel a lot better about it. So I thought, what can I do with my skills, with uh, skills of my friends around me as well? What can we do to actually make a difference here? Um, and I was talking to a friend one evening and she's a continuity announcer for a, um, a channel. And we came up with the idea of writing a story. Um, and the story really had to involve a conservation message whereby everybody could get involved and do something to help. And that's the formula that we started working on. Um, I was tasked with writing the stories. <laughs> so um, I went off that night and in two days time, I had Phoebe the Bee, which is our first story about um, an educational tale about a bee who yeah, through her amazing, courage. An amazing story. Oh, thank you. No, that's very kind of you. Well, as you know, it's through her courage and determination living in today's climate and in today's troubled times um, in the environment, she actually manages to uh, save her colony and her hive. Um, so I wrote that and then I tested it on my children and see what they thought of it for an evening story. Uh, tested it on a few other children and really it, it snowballed from there. Hmm. I took one read of the, and I can't remember where, I think we met, I'm guessing, did we meet on LinkedIn? or through, I think I see a post of yours and I read it and I read the book and inspired straight away, I had to buy more books. So I brought about 10 books, two of them have gone to Thailand, two have gone to Bangladesh and the rest have gone to some local schools in Essex. And unfortunately, because of the, the pandemic, I've been able, unable to go in and talk to them about the reason for the book. But it's been such an inspiration to my life and I'm hoping that your book will be an inspiration to everyone across the world really. Thank you I mean it, it was incredible when you purchased our books and you sent them to Thailand and Bangladesh and we got we got feedback from them that was just that was just an amazing moment it really was yeah. and I, I knew we'd kind of made an impact with you because you went out and bought like a, um, a garden bee uh, um, was it a bath or something didn't you? Yes, yeah, a raw bee bath yeah. Bee, that's right a bee bath and you, you were showing me pictures and I just thought that was so lovely and you yeah. were buying lots and lots of lavender for your garden as well weren't you? Yes I've got because all my lavender all planted it's all ready. 
I just I just thought that was so so lovely um because it, it's not like I mean because we've got 97 percent of our meadows have, have gone um in the in the UK everybody's gardens window boxes window sills and um, balconies outside can make a real difference I mean anybody that can that can plant some um, wildflower seeds or sow some wildflower seeds can can really help I've went out and purchased this just for the benefit of the uh podcast today I brought some it's called the flower seeds that's fantastic so that's, I brought, fantastic. that's ready to go into maybe a pot or something this year to, yeah. um, to try and encourage some form of meadow because my garden isn't a meadow as such but i'm going to try and see if i can encourage a meadow to grow in some pots that would be wonderful very easy though it's very easy you know buy some seed very low cost small pot just look after it and that's all you, if everyone did that, it would make a big difference, I think. Exactly. That's what we're trying to encourage. And that whole feeling of doing something. And I don't think there's anything more, more valuable, really, for a child, for, for their learning, for their experience when they're, when they're young, to actually plant some seeds, throw some seeds on the ground, three, four month times, months later, sorry, they, they actually start growing. And then that child will realise when the bees and the pollinators come along to those blooms that they've actually played a, quite a major part in making that happen for that life form that is now benefiting from their actions. And I think for a child to actually realize that, that that's a moment that they're going to understand. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And for us to be part of that, part of that process, I'm, I'm delighted, I really am. Yeah. And, you know, the bee is probably one of the part of our ecosystem, isn't it, across the world? If we were to lose that bee, mm. we would lose everything. Well, the National Geographic Society in London and Earthwatch at a meeting in 2019 have credited the bee as being the most important living species on the planet currently um, for the biodiversity, for the pollination. I mean, for the work it does as its pollination. Yeah. Um, and when you look at honeybees as well, um, it's 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 just an amazing fact because we have a page of facts in our books, as you know, and one of them just blew my mind when I realized, but it's like a honeybee produces a 12th of a teaspoon in its lifetime. Yes. So, you know, when and you've I'm, got your I'm pot amazed of honey, at that. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? So when you've got your pot of honey on your breakfast table and you're, and you're spreading it on your toast, just imagine how many bees have been taking yeah. part to actually make that produce for us. And we take it for granted with how many, you know, going to the supermarket, how many of those jars do you see on the, 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 um, the side there? And then how many jars are made throughout, you know, in manufacturing? So mm. there's a lot of bees that have gone, that contributed to that. Absolutely. It's liquid gold. It really is because yeah. honey has so many fantastic properties to it. We're very, very fortunate to actually have it in our world. We really are. Medicinal purposes alone, it's, it's fantastic. And it never goes off. It just never goes off, honey. And it's got everything in it to make it a complete food. Mm. I mean, that's really what it is, isn't it? It's a complete food for, for the little ones. So that, that's what it is. But there's no really? insect that makes a food that humans consume apart from honey. Right. So you mentioned David Attenborough. I know mm -hmm. he's one of your heroes. Um, he's done some great work recently, some uh, recent uh, announcements he gave to the government warning them of climate change. And, you know, we must do something now. He's done a, a, an amazing film, um, I presume, was it before Christmas, on Netflix, which was mm. mind-blowing, really. Um, and I couldn't believe it was in Chernobyl he was filming and the change of that had made regarding all the trees growing through the houses. Um, he's an amazing person 
in the industry from, from my point of view as well. If you, you did tell me once you reached out to him before, I don't know whether you can share that with us or you'd like to share that with us today. I did. I, I sent him an actual um, prototype of our book. And the reason that I, I desperately wanted to do that and I wanted to connect with him was the fact that I wanted to let him know because it was almost like every program we watch and every interview he conducts, he's pleading, absolutely pleading with us all to do something because mm. time is running out. And we all need to wake up to this to this situation that's occurring around us that some people are just sleepwalking about. They don't realize, and he's pleading to us. And so I wanted him to, to know from my heart, really, what, what we were doing, what action we were taking. Um, and so I sent him a prototype um, and you're right, Paul. Yes, I, I received a lovely letter from him, um, which was just so lovely. And it actually, I received a letter or he wrote the letter back to me the same day he received our letter which was incredible. Um, and now I read on his interviews that he receives probably about 70 or 80 letters a day. And he's asking for people to uh, send through um, self-addressed envelopes if they want a reply. <laughs> so I think I got in a little bit earlier, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it was it was just so lovely to have his blessing. He was so gracious. Um, he said, um, you know, I'm, I'm delighted and, and thank you. He actually thanked me and thanked us for what we're That's doing to, to help the wild world. And I just thought, wow that's incredible and um and he knew about phoebe and he obviously said you know phoebe's um, a, a great story and and thank you for informing me and all the other characters because i told him that i'd written what about another seven stories um right. and just told him some of the other characters as well and it was it was a very special moment to receive it and i and i keep it safe so you've just preempted one of my my next question because i wanted to know whether there's going to be any more adventures of VB, but you've just mentioned other characters, so I'm intrigued now. Well, the whole, whole purpose behind Tales from Mother Earth is, is reconnecting children with nature. Um, Phoebe the Bee is, is very much the first, and I think the support that we've received for Phoebe the Bee, and obviously he holds currently, um, has taken us all by surprise, so we're focusing on Phoebe, continuing to focus on Phoebe currently. Um, but behind Phoebe, there is Spike the Hedgehog, um, where we're teaching um, everybody the fact that they can put holes in their fences and help the hedgehog highway because a hedgehog is it's the mammal it's the nation's favorite mammal and yet it's on the red list to extinction in this country which right. which is shocking and again it's an awareness campaign to let people know what they need to do to look after hedgehogs in their area there's there's things we can all do that are simple for us absolutely simple for us but it will encourage more wildlife into our gardens and it will it will look after these little characters, these little hedgehogs that are, um, you know, that they don't want to hit a brick wall. They, they need to hit an area where they can they can roam. Um, and there's little things we can do to help that. So, yes, um, one of the things about reconnecting children with nature was the fact that we wanted to put conservation messages in all of our stories relating to the different characters that we have to teach people what we can do to help. And is there any more adventures from Phoebe or, or do we just get one of each? I should say that we're, we're looking at more adventures for Phoebe actually, because Phoebe is, um, she, she's got that position and there's, yeah. there's elements that we can look at for Phoebe. So I, I won't say no, that's for sure. Um, there's, there could be some more in the pipeline with Phoebe. And I know we've, you know, like the hedgehogs, you've hit a brick wall because of the pandemic, you can't get out amongst the schools and things. What's, what's your plans for the schools? How are you going to get into the schools? 
Oh no, we haven't hit a brick wall in terms of. No, no. What I mean is because you can't get in front of them at the moment. I mean, in front of them at the moment. Um, I think, I think, um, I think with our plans with the schools is to work with organisations and associations that are working with schools as well. Um, and we can together, I, I thoroughly believe through this experience that more can be achieved if we all work together. More awareness can be grown, um, more development can happen and we can all reach those goals that we're all striving for and the change that we want to see growing back green and, and everything that follows with that. That's that's kind of a simplistic way of looking at it. I know it's a lot more um, complex than that in every detail, um, but that's like the helicopter overview, I guess, looking down. Yeah. Um, we we are keen to work with schools, obviously, and, um, and look at doing our um, story workshops and that kind of thing as well through that process. Um, so it really is obviously with the pandemic that we've had, um, we haven't been able to go out to nurseries um, and we haven't been able to to follow those those opportunities um, and rightly so because obviously the schools have been closed and the pandemic's been on us and this year it's it's really all been about that whole resetting value um, of stopping I mean it's it's been incredible really we definitely know who's in control in the world and it's not us it's very much nature and biodiversity is in control because this pandemic is upon us and uh and we all need to listen a lot more to nature. And I think in a way we've been taught a massive lesson that, um, you know, we're not the owners of this planet, we're the guardians. And I think that's a really important lesson to know. Yeah. Or the tenants in some cases. Yes. Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. We're only here for a very, very short space of time. When you, when you look at, when you look at time, I think it's, is it two seconds we've been here or something? Someone's put it down to, if you look at the, the stretch yeah, in time. Yeah. I think it's yeah. about two seconds, which is not it's a lot. Not no time at I all. I click my fingers if anyone wants to watch that noise. <laughs> with, with all my guests and my interviews I do, I like to put the interviewee on the spot at the oh, time. No. I haven't warned you about this. You didn't this. tell me this. You didn't tell me this, Paul. Goodness. Okay, is go on. Is there then. anything you can give back to so my, my audience is the energy experts? And, but this is all linked because yes, it is for me, linked. energy experts, it's about energy management, it's about mm -hmm. energy supply, and it's about the environment. So we're all coming together, this three-pronged approach. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that you can give back to the audience today as a takeaway that what we all could be doing to make a difference? For me, it's about engaging children with nature, because how can you expect children to protect something in their generations when they're growing up if they don't love and respect it and learn to love and respect it when they're young? The, the greater purpose, I think, about currently is the, the waste issue, isn't it? It's the fact that we shouldn't waste. We should turn off um, our electricity. We should stop the dripping taps from dripping. I mean, it's it's incredible how many um, thousands of litres can go per day if you have a dripping tap. Um, that's that you haven't seen to so and it's 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 the thing that David Attenborough has been saying actually it's don't waste anything you know every resource that we use is precious um, but for me as well it's it's that element obviously to connect children with nature but that's 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 down the line isn't it that's the next generation that we need to be focusing on but if you're focusing on the day and right now it's very much a case of stop the waste and then focus on the children. Yeah, and I love that word, precious, because it is precious. You know, that bee is precious, energy is precious, it's all precious. And 
we need to look after it and we need to, as you say, teach our children to do that. We're doing it now for our children, and but we need to educate them going forward. That's amazing. I think also there's so many new opportunities that are coming out of this in, in, you know, in a more green world where we can combine solutions that are being developed um, ideas that are being looked into green roofs for instance I mean that should really be explored in a massive way there's yeah, huge yeah. organizations out there doing great things with um, green roofs um, solar panels uh, you know energy saving new forms of energy that doesn't strip the world of its of its um, of its materials of its minerals um, yeah that there's so much that can be achieved and there's so much that can be done if we work together and pull our resources together and I think there's even um, inventions out there that haven't been created yet that that could be fantastic for us all as well I mean the whole thing about plastic it's funny you mentioned green roofs I've actually done a survey and they had a green roof and a green wall as well yeah so they had this garden growing up the, this side of the hotel is absolutely amazing it was all collecting water vertical and space. creating yes. vertical space is so so important but yeah. i mean everyone's still marching ahead with building houses and I'm, I'm thinking well as soon as you're building houses that's a carbon footprint that you're taking from the land that you're not giving back so if you could do vertical planting or if you can do green roofing or, or something like that then at least you're giving something back that that's green that's beneficial to the biodiversity um, and I think there needs to be more in harmony. The more we take, the more we need to give back and we need to protect our, our areas as well. We, and, and not just protect just on namesake. We actually need to protect um, and know that they are protected. They'll never be built on. Yeah. Jenny, it's quite funny because the podcast before this, um, two before this, I think, the, um, is a guy from Poland. He's an architect. And okay. he's about sustainability so the story is coming through now and there's a lot of collaboration um, that I'm hearing on a regular basis and because the world has shrunk zoom has opened up the world for us all there's even more collaboration there's more inventions coming there's more ideas you know we would never have met we you know we live quite a long way from each other but we're still communicating on a regular basis the yep. world has got smaller it's, uh, yeah, it's, got it's smaller. gonna happen I'm sure yeah. it, yeah, it has. Um, there, there's more communication now, I think, than ever before, which can only be a good thing as well. And the more people that can collaborate, come together, um, amazing things can be achieved. And I'm I'm completely believing that. And it's a great thing. In, in a way, isn't it a great thing that we're, we're so fortunate in a way, and I don't mean that in a wrong way, but to be living through this, this time of great change. It's been brought upon us quite abruptly and quite abrupt, um, abruptly and quite dangerously in, in lots of respects and it's been tragic for a lot of people which is which is just appalling and my heart goes out and to those poor people that have lost loved ones through this process um but the pandemic i think has has taught us a lot of lessons as well um and i think one of them is we've got to live more in harmony with nature we, we cannot just um think we're going in this direction and and it doesn't matter about anything else because we are all connected we are part of nature and I think we need to realize that and I think through this process we've had that moment to really gather our thoughts on that and understand that that is in fact the case and what are we going to do because like we were talking earlier even the economists are now saying that biodiversity and nature go hand in hand with our own health and well-being and it's it's in line with us. It's it, if it goes out of line with us, then we are in trouble. So 
that that's a huge change in narrative that we haven't heard before from the economist let's face it so we are i think we are all waking up to the fact that we all need to do something because behind this pandemic we've obviously got that the greater wave called the climate crisis and what two years ago we were saying in 10 years time I mean, I heard the other day that some of the ice shelf in the, Ant in the Arctic's got a big crack through it now. It's getting closer. Definitely it's getting it's closer. a worrying time. It really is a worrying time. But also, I'm, I'm one of those people that like to look at positives, I guess, or try to look at positives and try to keep hope um, and try and keep focused. And I still believe we can, we can turn this around. Yeah. But it's I okay agree. if everybody works together. Yeah. Um, and the energy sector, I think, is is an amazing um, group of organisations and that have the power to do something that's that's fundamental in these changes that we're going to be needing. Totally agree. Jenny, it's been amazing catching up with you. You are, for me, an inspiration. <laughs> I read your books. I had to buy them. I had to share the story. The, the beautifully written, beautifully, um, the artistic work of is excellent. I love the way it's been finished, the book. It's really, really good. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Adventures of Phoebe and all the other stuff coming, all the other preachers coming on. It's really exciting. Keep your good work up. As Thank you so much, Paul. Can I just say, it's not me purely on my own. Um, there is a team. Um, I have an amazing illustrator in Emily. I have an amazing and Dwayne have an amazing composer who writes the most beautiful music in Chris um I have Mother Earth uh, <laughs> as our narrator um and and I'm and I'm part of this process I'm part of this team and I couldn't have done it without members of this team that we you know we've pulled together and we've made happen and the more children we can connect with nature through our books through our storytelling which let's face it is as old as time isn't it storytelling and the fact that our stories are coming from Mother Nature, which has that nurture and nature element to it with a bit of authority there as well. Hopefully children can can relate, can engage, can listen, can enjoy, um, can get a lot out of our um, books that we're putting together, our storybooks. Well, my little girl in, in Thailand, Gita loves it. Oh, she really so did enjoy the story. That's yeah. so wonderful. Well, please, please tell her to colour in that, uh, the picture in the back and send it through to us because I'd love to yes. put that on our social media. I will, speak well. to her. I will speak to her and get her to do that. Yeah, in fact, photocopy it for the whole class and get the whole class to send them yeah. back. I'd love that. Yeah, we do get colouring pictures. And I got one the other day from a little boy called Albert, who's four, which was just so precious. Oh, um, so we do get um, them sent in to us. And it's so lovely to receive feedback. So thank you for your feedback, Paul. I've really, really appreciated it. Um, we're on social media as well. So please, anyone find us on social media. Yeah, do you want to plug your Facebook pages and things? Oh, I can do. Thank you. Um, we're on Twitter, on uh, at Tales Mother on Twitter. And Tales as in T-A-L-E-S, not the dog tail, obviously. Um, and we're on Facebook at T-F Mother Earth. So T-F Mother Earth on Facebook. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. And I think you're right, Paul. That's, that's how we did meet on LinkedIn. Yes, we did. Which is Jenny, great. You and your family, especially your children, be safe. Thank you. You too. And we will speak very soon. Thank you very Fantastic. much. Jenny. Look forward to it. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Paul. Take care, won't you? Thank you. See you later. Thank you for listening today. And thank you to my special guest. And if you want to know more about managing your third largest expense, please go to our website on b2benergy.co.uk.
that leaves me with one more thing to say. Be safe.